Take a seat, sit back, relax, and welcome to the Cladecast. Today with me, I have the mayor of Redonda Beach. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Just tell me who you are. Tell me. Uh, sure. Yeah, just tell me about yourself. Well, right on, Blake. Uh, yeah, I'm Bill Brand, the mayor of Redondo Beach. Uh, don't live far from here. We're here in this beautiful front of this beautiful mural at the police station, and uh, ready to uh, share my life experience with you. Whatever you want. Yeah. So uh, this was. I- I'm kind of helping out with a program called Ocean Fever, and they're all about uh, health, mental health positivity and all that with swimming and through the ocean and i just happened to have you here so i wanted to try having you on the podcast so thank you for coming on uh i don't really have any specific questions for you ready but i just want to i just want to ask like about your history why you became mayor so first off i know that uh so your story is pretty inspiring because you actually had cancer and now you're running for mayor what uh yeah, you want to tell me about that, your story with cancer now becoming mayor? Well, sure. I actually do have cancer. <laughs> actually, I had chemo treatment a week ago. But, you know, um, uh, cancer isn't the death sentence it used to be. I've certainly learned that. I have diagnosed about a year and a half ago. and uh, But it's uh, been a journey, for sure. You know, I've been an athlete my whole life and love the ocean and drawn to the ocean. And I love these volunteer groups like Ocean Fever who are using the ocean as a vehicle to teach people about mental health and physical health and camaraderie and how important all that is. So, uh, yeah, I've always been a big supporter of theirs. And my life story really is, is just centered around educating myself, getting a good education and working hard and enjoying uh, the outdoors and sports. So um, I've been very fortunate to, to be able to enjoy all those things. So not everybody gets that, those opportunities. But, yeah, being mayor, it's... Um, it's been a labor of love for tw- really 20 years. I started off as an activist for eight years, and then I was on the city council for eight years, and then I've been mayor for four years, and now I'm running for re-election. And yeah, you're right. I got diagnosed with cancer a year and a half ago. I wasn't sure if I was going to run for mayor, you know. Uh, but uh, I talked to my doctors, and they said, sure, Bill, why not? Um, you're going to be around for a while, and and uh, you're doing great. So uh, if that's what you want to do, go for it. So I said, okay. And uh, here we are. Yeah, you seem uh, really healthy. Uh, God bless that you're like still healthy, super active, and you're running for mayor again, which is like crazy to believe considering you have cancer. I just think that is super inspiring. Uh, as a kid, were you wanting to be into politics? Is this something that you've always wanted to do? No, no. I never in my life dreamed of you know, being mayor of Redondo Beach or council member getting involved in my local community. But as you get older and you grow and you mature, uh, you don't have to get older to uh, get interested in in politics or in what's going on locally. But I did. And uh, I saw some of the things, some of the changes that people were trying to impart on Redondo Beach, and and I didn't like it. And so I teamed up with, with some other activists in the city, and and there went 20 years, <laughs> and here I am mayor. But no, it wasn't something I ever planned out to do, but a lot of people do. A lot of people do, and, and it's, it, politics is a great field, and you can have a big impact on people's lives in the future uh, of the city, of the county, of the state, of the country, and, and really lay a huge foundation and leave a great legacy. Um, it's kind of what's happened by happenstance in my involvement. So, um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, um, so you actually originally didn't come from California. You actually came from somewhere else. So where did you, mm-hmm. were, you, were you originally from? Well, I was born in Dallas, Texas. And when I was eight years old, we moved out here. So uh, I'm not a native Californian, but <laughs> I've been here since I was eight. I'm 63 and a half now. So uh, uh, how many years is that? 54? 
55? Yeah, 55. <laughs> yeah, I've been here 55 years and uh, loving every minute of it. And so why, why do you want to be the mayor of Redonda Beach? Why were you the mayor of Redonda Beach? What, mm-hmm. is, what do you like about Redonda mm-hmm. Beach? Well, I like the smaller town feel of Redondo than you see on the other areas of the coast of California, like Santa Monica. <laughs> uh, if I liked Santa Monica, I'd move to Santa Monica. And I like the small town feel, smaller town feel of, of Redondo Beach. So, you know, my really why I ran for mayor four years ago is they were planning on building a mall and, and on our waterfront. And uh, I was shocked, frankly, that it actually had even gotten that far, but it was moving. And if I did run for mayor, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. So when some other people uh, joined in, decided to run for council along with me, I decided, okay, well, then I guess I'm going to run for mayor. And that and the AS Power Plant, I thought that should always be a park. That's our big opportunity for a beautiful waterfront park. People think it's impossible and nothing could be further from the truth. And so I think, um, yeah, the next four years are lined up. And and, uh, I hope I win and I hope uh, the people that support my vision win. And we can move forward with that because uh, we have a lot of opportunity coming forward. So all these things kind of gel <laughs> sometimes at the moment. And I didn't really plan it out, but uh, here we are. Yeah, so uh, originally when I heard you were running for mayor, I heard that one of the big things was the power plant and mm-hmm. also the waterfront. So dealing with mm-hmm. the power plant, you said that you want to turn the power plant into a park. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And uh, do you know what your plan is for that? Or do you know what the plan is for that going in the future? What's going on with the power plant? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've been fighting for 20 years to see that permanently retired. And we've been successful. It was supposed to retire uh, last December 31st. And then they wanted to extend the operation for three years. The plant's 60 years old. And uh, it's done and it is going to permanently retire. But we wanted to retire sooner rather than later. So we got them down to one year. So uh, hopefully they don't have any more extensions, but that plant is permanently retiring. It is not slated to be a new power plant, and the power lines are coming down. So uh, it's privately owned, but it's been zoned for really park uses, and that's really the only use, that in a power plant for well over, I guess it's been 16 years now. So uh, a developer bought it recently, speculating that the community would rezone it for some big development project, but it requires a public vote. And I hope the public never votes for a big development project. I mean, it's a park. It's not our obligation to reward a speculator with some big development plan. No, it's a wetland. They've got six acres of wetlands there. You go down there, the birds are flying in. And and it's just a huge, huge opportunity for our community. And, 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 And if the community sticks to their guns, with persistence and the right leadership, you're gonna see a beautiful park down there one day. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that because living here for ever since I was born, I I come by the water or the power plant, and although there is a, a pretty mural, uh, it is kind of ugly to look like look mm-hmm. at. It's right at the beach, and turning it into something like a park or for other mm-hmm. people to just go there and for joy for recreational purposes, I think that's a really great idea. I think that's yeah. you know, that can be really beneficial to the community. I would encourage people to look at other waterfronts. Go up to San Francisco. Look at Chrissy Field. Got a beautiful waterfront that used to be a um, an old Navy airfield, and they restored the wetlands there, and they have a lot of open space. They've got Marina Green. They have Chrissy Field. I mean, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And it's part of what makes that area so special. And then you have beautiful uh, other areas around there, Golden Gate Park. And, and you have a very successful commercial district as well. So you can't just build buildings and expect it to be successful. You have to have something to draw the people to. And that improves the quality of life of the residents. And that's really what's been missing in Redondo Beach. Every time there's a, 
a square foot of land uh, in Redondo. It's just build, build, build. Well, it's time to do something for the community and time to upgrade our waterfront, and, and I think that's the path to take. And so the other thing when you were becoming mayor, another big uh, thing that was going on was the idea of the waterfront, or more specifically the Redondo Pier. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were asking it to be torn down, be turned into somewhat of a mall, and some people didn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So why do you have your certain stance on what's going on with the waterfront and uh, what's being built there, what's not being built there? Well, I think I've had my pulse on what the community really wants. And, you know, they started rezoning it for really to allow them all going back 11 years ago. And I was against it then and it barely passed. And I warned people, you know, you just approved zoning for a mall. But, you know, people want to see change down there. They want to see upgrades and they don't want to get in the way of that. And so they approved it. And then, you know, six years later, here's your mall. <laughs> And it was just way too big and out of character with what people wanted. And so uh, most people voted not to do that. And most people voted to make me mayor. And most people voted to vote people in that didn't want that either. So here we are four years later. And we still want to, quote, unquote, revitalize without supersizing. But we've been, because it does need a lot of work, but we've been mired in the lawsuits that uh, have tied us up. But we've been winning those, and we see the next four years as really a path forward to see the power plant retire, see the power lines come down, and be able to revitalize the waterfront without supersizing it by focusing on recreational and, 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 and a public amenities plan first before engaging with a developer to do some giant plan. We don't ever want to do that, really. But we want to focus on the recreational and, and, and amenities plan, which is what the Harbor Commission is doing now first, and then redevelop some of the areas around it. <clears throat> So during coronavirus, uh, just everything's out, everything's crazy. Nothing's normal. Uh, what do you think about how the city is handling COVID? And uh, we talked about uh, the JG program earlier uh, mm-hmm. when we were talking with the Ocean Junior Fever program. Cards. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Um, so basically, my question is, what do you think about how Redondo is handling COVID with out with businesses, restaurants, and all that, and then? What is your idea with how the Junior Lifeguard Program is going, and how do you want that to be in the future? Well, Redondo's tried to take a, a, I'll call it a measured approach to responding to COVID without, you know, devastating the businesses that don't need devastating. We've done what we can. We opened up the Parklet Program for, excuse me, outdoor dining down in Riviera Village. We smoothed the permitting process for outdoor dining or any outdoor activities anywhere in the city, including Artesia Boulevard and other areas. Um, we've directed monies coming from the federal government to allow those things to happen. We've negotiated with the Coast Commission to uh, relax on the parking requirements. And we've opened up the beaches so that, you know, people can enjoy the outdoors. So, but, you know, it's been a, it's been a um, learn as you go. You know, I mean, it's, it hasn't been perfect by any means. But we've done the best we can. And I feel, feel good about how we responded and, and moved forward. And I'm looking forward to coming spinning out of this. You know, the vaccine's coming and... And cases are going down and, and some businesses are starting to open up and they're getting relaxed and we've got the weather on our side and vaccines. So, I'm, you know, I'm optimistic. I really am. Junior Lifeguards, it's just such a great program. It's outside. I think they're going to run it. I think the county just voted the other day to go ahead and move forward with the Junior Lifeguard program. They're going to limit some class sizes, you know, and some distancings and things like that. So I think it'll be done safely. And uh, it should be done because, you know, that's how people get out. You know, people have been locked in their houses and hunkered down and lockdowns. And it's time to, I wouldn't call it lockdowns, you've been able to get out. 
but um, people have been isolated. And so it's going to be a great opportunity to get out and get with people and do it safely. Uh, like going back where, or I'm not going away from the more political stuff. Like how, how much have you enjoyed Redondo here being the mayor, like being with mm -hmm. our community? Like how has that like changed your life? How has that experience been for you so far? Mm -hmm. Well, in so many ways, it's enriched my life because I've, developed so many relationships with so many different groups, so many different individuals. It's just been a, a fantastic experience from a personal standpoint. And, you know, to be diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and have basically a whole community, whether they've agreed with me politically or not, come out and support me is extremely gratifying. I mean, it's just, and it really makes you realize also that, you know, there's people a lot worse off than I am. People always look at me like, you know, oh, wow, you know, you get this and I go, well, let me assure you, there's people a lot worse off than I am because I see it all the time when I go in for my infusions or I talk to my doctors or talk to other people who aren't doing so well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just being mayor, this just exposes you to so many things. I, I, and I didn't realize it was going to happen. I'm trying to think of a good example right now, but just mostly it's the relationships you form with people and, and, and people need help. And, you know, the homeless, we've been able to help the homeless and, 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 you know, just kind of keep us on a good path so that, you know, we balance our budgets, we provide good police and fire and, and that all doesn't happen by accident. So, uh. A lot of ways it's been gratifying, and sure, there's been a lot of frustrations, but in totality, it's been a very gratifying experience. What, what ways do you think that you can improve the community, make the community happier with COVID-19? Mental illness is a really important question that we have now, or not mental illness, but mental health. Sure. Uh, what do you think is the best way for people nowadays during coronavirus and in Redondo Beach? How can we improve our uh, mental health? I've always looked to the outdoors and to more of a relationship with nature to improve my mental health, uh, exercise, you know, just going out and seeing the birds and, and seeing something in the, in the natural environment, whether you go for a hike on the beach or just go look in trees and see where the birds are. And, you know, it's just, it sounds kind of crazy, but I really think that humans have an innate draw to, to nature. And we don't always get that in modern day society. You know, my, my, my neighbors have a two-year-old, and he learned how to turn on his iPad before he could talk. Right. There's something wrong with that, right? And so, um, uh, maybe not, but, you know, I just think people need to, to have more connection with nature and, and, and get more exercise and, and, and just take that first step. You know, if you don't exercise, you don't, you don't, I think you don't have to make a big deal about it. You don't have to plot a course. Just take that first step. You know, drive, drive somewhere where there's some trees and drive. Palace Rouge is a great outlet. And the beach and the harbor and the boats and the, and, and the seals and the dolphins. And, you know, we have a lot to, a lot to be appreciative of. And, and even just a local park, you know, go out to Anderson Park and, and throw a ball around with somebody and, and meet some new people. I think one of the ways uh, that brings good mental health is, is camaraderie and talking to other people. And, you know, I really believe that we're here on this earth to, to human connection. I really do. And uh, I think the more you can get of that, uh, the better you feel about yourself, and the more you learn, and the more comfortable you get. So, you know, between, you know, having a relationship with nature and human connection, uh, I think that's kind of kind of the, the um, guiding lights for me yeah. in my years. <clears throat> I thought it was kind of interesting how you were just saying the how you know, someone that, that who could turn on an iPad, but can't really talk. Do right. you think that that technology now is, is harming, uh, modern day society, like in kids and like social media, do you think that that's bad for society nowadays? 
it's a mixed bag. You know, in a lot of ways, it, it creates connections. And in other ways, it, it creates detachment. You know, I, I'm, I'm guilty myself. Sometimes you can just get that computer and, you know, go on Facebook. You can start looking at videos and listening to music. And it's all very entertaining and distracting. And then you wake up in a few hours. You go, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> what have I done, really? What have I done to contribute to society? And the answer is usually nothing. It's not a bad thing, but I, I think um, there's a certain connectedness that you can't get through electronics. And it's okay to, you know, learn, you know, I mean, it's kind of become the standard bearer now to learn through electronics and, and it's okay. But I think um, you just have to temper it and throttle it without losing track of, of you know, your, your human connections and, and your connections to nature, because that's where it gets dangerous. That's where it gets dangerous. And you get immersed in, in online activity or you get immersed in electronics and you lose lose touch with people you lose touch with with the natural world and do you think now that social media is such a big thing do you think that social media has a lot to do with political elections and mm -hmm. stuff like that oh no question no question i mean we see it at every level of government we saw it at the national level and people get stoked up and they get in their echo chambers and you know i think you know people need to listen to other people more you know and listen with compassion and kindness and and not with you know, you know, vitriol or, or let me tell you how it is, you know, listen to what they're saying and where they're coming from and, 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 and take a little deeper look than, than just locking horns. So, um, but yes, there's no question that social media has, has changed our world. And in some cases, not for the better in some cases for the better. I mean, I've made a lot of connections I wouldn't have made, but, um, Right now, 2021, I'd say it's uh, spun out of control. I mean, look what's happening. They've banned the ex-president from Twitter. Yeah. I mean, you, you almost don't even notice that, right? Mm -hmm. But you stop and think about it. They banned the ex-president from yeah. tweeting. <laughs> I mean, that means something. I'm not quite sure yet. But, uh, uh, yeah. So, yes, it's definitely had a huge impact. And people, I think, are in the midst of trying to figure it out in the same way we're trying to figure out COVID. And we will. Do you think that Twitter's decision to block Trump was a good idea? No matter what political side you're on, do you think that it's okay for a certain social media company to restrict access to someone who's putting out certain ideas that could be uh, in like f intending certain ideas if uh, they go against social, <laughs> I mean, civil? civil yeah, stuff? no, I hear what you're saying. And, and what's happening, happened with social media is... You have icons at the top of their industry making decisions like this. They're ultimately censoring him. Uh, if it was run by the federal government, would they censor someone like that? You know, some people would say he's screaming fire in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. You know, and other people think he's speaking the truth. And you're, you're silencing the truth. So it's my problem with it right now. I forgot who the CEO of Twitter is, but he's ultimately the one making decision. It's Mark yeah. Zuckerberg of Facebook that's making the decision. It's Jeff Bezos at Amazon that's making the decision. And so uh, that's where I think um, some things have to be reassessed. And I don't know how, because things have spun out of control a little bit. But is it right to have banned Trump? I, you know, if he's inciting riots, which a lot of people think he was, then yeah, sure. It's like screaming fire in a movie theater. Talk to other people and they think, you know, you've silenced the truth. So it's a tough one. <clears throat> yeah, that, that, that with social media and somewhat censorship, I, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to see or it's hard to pick one side because 
there's good things about it. There's bad things about it. And it is a form of censorship. There's no question about it, except that, you know, when people start in, you know, if you believe that somebody incited a riot and five people died, mm -hmm. okay, you're not going to use my tool to do that anymore. Yeah. And I could easily see the CEO saying, okay, uh, he's out and many people died. And mm -hmm. there was a riot, and they tried to overthrow the democratic government. So yeah. um, I totally get that more than the other side. But, again, it, it's about listening to the other side. And, and you know, you have to balance it. But, yeah, in general, probably if I was a CEO of Twitter, I, I would have banned him, too, after five people died. And he <laughs> yeah. stood out there and said, you know, you're not going to win with weakness. <clears throat> and I don't think there's any question that he had cited that crowd. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> do, you, uh, do you believe Mark Zuckerberg is an alien or a lizard monster? Well, when I think of a lizard monster, I think of horns and really long tongue, and I haven't seen any of those on him. <laughs> alien, you know, I, we're all alien in one form or another, right? So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he's uh, he, he, he's not really, a, looks wise, somebody that stands out. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to end things on a fun note. Uh, I know you have to leave, so yeah, no, thank thanks, you, Blake. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, if you're listening or watching, uh, make sure to leave a good rating. Make sure to go go support our our mayor and his reelection. Uh, thank you so much. Goodbye, everyone. So long, everybody. <laughs>